Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Your reputation will always precede you in this business and tell everyone you know what you're doing. It's all about being consistent and that includes being consistent with your emergency funds. Make sure you have them. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday you're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, today's host. And today we'll be speaking with Joe Prilliman. Joe, how are you doing today? Just living the dream, Theo. Doing well. It's good to hear. So a little bit about Joe. He has two years of real estate investing experience, currently has 11 units, five Airbnbs, and six single family homes. From Carolina Beach, North Carolina, his website is anchored, A-N-C-H-O-R-E-D investing.com. So Joe has agreed to talk to us today a little bit about what he is doing to combat the current coronavirus. And we're also going to talk about things that he did in preparation so that hopefully he's not impacted as negatively as others who are not as prepared for a crisis such as this. But before we get into that, Joe, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and then we can get into what you're doing today? Absolutely. So I really cut my teeth in real estate investing in Fayetteville, North Carolina, doing the whole buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, Burr model. But I originally got started, I used to sell industrial equipment across the Southeast and a lot of windshield time. I covered 11 states, so probably 90% of my travel was in the car. So two years before I ever purchased my first house, my sister's fiance introduced me to a podcast called the Bigger Pockets Podcast. And I got to just hear about real estate and I just got the bug for it. So over the next two years, I listened to as much as I could. And just through consistency and networking, I really got tons of information thrown at me, but I was able to jump in and start buying in Fayetteville. Since that time, we've got five properties there, all done through the Burr model. 
four of them were purchased off the MLS. One of them was off market. And the deals really just started to dry up at that time. This was start of 2019. Just couldn't find anything that made sense anymore. And so again, through networking and whatnot, we were just able to find a whole new niche in Airbnb. And my wife and I did a house hack on Carolina Beach. And since then, we're up to five Airbnb units and just rocking and rolling, living the dream. Perfect. So you've got the five in Fayetteville, those are just Burr rentals, single family home rentals. And then you've got five in Carolina Beach that are Airbnb, right? Yes. And then we have our original. So we originally bought a single family home in Wilmington, which we've since turned into a long-term rental as well. So that's the six long-terms and all five Airbnbs. Perfect. So let's start with the Airbnbs. So I would imagine that since they're shorter term rentals, it's on a beach. So I'm assuming a lot of the people who rent those are people that are going on vacation to the beach. And now Mm -hmm. with the coronavirus happening, not many people are even allowed to leave their homes. So maybe tell us how those properties are impacted first. And then we can talk about some of the things that you are doing or have done in order to minimize the negative effect of the coronavirus on those properties. Absolutely. The coronavirus has definitely thrown a pretty major wrench in our operations. As of literally yesterday, Carolina Beach came out and they have banished Airbnb short-term vacation rentals from the island. Everything that's less than a 90-day rental term, you're just simply not allowed to have them at all. Hotels, motels, everything is shut down on the island. So that's a pretty major reduction in what we're able to do. And it's really been crisis mode ever since the coronavirus came out. I'd say about 90% of our bookings come from Charlotte, Raleigh, Durham, really the North Carolina area. And travel has completely stopped. Not necessarily because of anything that we've done, but obviously the coronavirus has just shut the whole world down. So we were talking a little bit earlier before we started about some creative ideas that you've been floating around for those properties. So what are some ideas, whether they're working or not, that you've come up with for using those properties? Because again, maybe those ideas won't work in North Carolina, but they might work somewhere else. Also, these might be ideas that once the coronavirus is over, might trigger something in someone else's mind for a new way to use a single family home. So what are some of the things you were thinking about once you realize that, hey, we can't use these as Airbnbs anymore? Initially, we hit the ground running with, okay, is it possible to get long-term tenants in here? But then also, how long is the coronavirus actually going to last? And so we immediately switched to, okay, if we can't put long-term tenants in here, because if this does pass, we're going to lose a huge amount of revenue in the summer, which is our peak season, a very seasonal market. We make a majority of our revenue from April until about October. So we're like, okay, we don't want to put a long-term tenant in. So immediately we started calling the hospitals. We started calling anyone that would be negatively affected by coronavirus to see if, okay, can we use our rentals as quarantine units or would it be possible to store people in it? People that want to self-quarantine, really anything we can to generate income on these properties while they're sitting vacant. A lot of things that we did as well was we went through all of our processes, all of our systems to see where is money being spent. We canceled all our subscriptions, anything that is going out every month. We just tried to find out what we could reduce right now and any additional revenue streams that we could find. We've explored 
using some of our units as if people are still getting photography done as staging units so that people can have family photos but still be far away from each other. Just a lot of different ideas on, okay, how can we utilize the asset that we still have, that we still have to pay for in a time when we're not allowed to use it for what it's intended. And really it comes down to sound investing, having adequate cash reserves for rainy days because this is gonna pass too. Coronavirus is gonna go away and we're gonna have another great season, but it's having sound investing throughout your entire process of you're buying for cash flow, you're securing long-term low interest debt, you have adequate cash reserves. That's all Joe Fairless's three immutable laws of real estate investing. All of those type sound investment strategies play out whenever you have something that comes up that you couldn't expect. And no one could have predicted that this would shut down my entire business right as soon as the most profitable time of the year is starting. Yeah, I'll say those three things kind of familiar. So yeah, those are Joe's uh, three immutable laws of real estate investing. So for the cash reserves, when you're underwriting these Airbnb deals, it sounds like the majority of the income begins in April and then ends in October. So you're just entering that now. So it sounds like you have adequate cash reserves in general just to cover those months where you're not bringing in money. But what specifically is your cash reserve? Is it a monthly thing? Is it an upfront thing? A combination of both? A little combination of both. Their original thought process behind the whole thing was we want to have six months of if we don't have any income coming in that we can pay the bills. And that would be more than adequate amount of time to figure out what we needed to do. For our long-term rentals, we've got a similar type fund, but our goal was to have about $20,000 per five units for our long-term. And for our short-term, we're like, okay, well, what would it take to cover all the mortgages, to cover everything and to keep the ship running for six months? And that's really what we established from the beginning of what we needed. And now we're really thankful that we actually did that. So do we get three months up front and then you save per month? How are you determining when you're initially underwriting the deal? And I know you want to say you want to get six months of bills covered. What does that actually look like? Is it three months up front and then every month you save up until you have six months or once you get to six months, you stop? I guess specifically, how does that work after you buy a property? Okay. So for us, I was still selling industrial equipment up until January of 2020. So we have been taking all of our income from our properties and from our long-term rentals as well, and rolling those back into it, kind of feeding the machine, trying to generate a snowball effect so that we can continue to buy more rentals. And I've been living off of my W-2 income. So for us, with our Airbnbs, what we would do is every time we made money on them, instead of immediately investing everything back, we would take a big portion of it and put it into the emergency fund until that emergency fund had built up to six months of adequate cash reserves. And then we would take that money and reinvest it into other properties or just use it to make our systems better. Just so I guess listeners can can understand how important and how powerful having a reserve fund is. Maybe walk us through what you would be doing right now if you didn't have that reserve fund. Oh man. Well, I am the crazy guy who's been living on the beach for free. That's kind of how my friends know me, but I might be the crazy guy living under the bridge for free. (laughs) My whole process was I wanted to build up enough passive income and then enough quote unquote active income because I think Airbnb is definitely active income. It's more work. It's more like a job. And so I was trying to build myself out into another job. I went and got my broker's license and the whole plan was I wanted to shift into full-time real estate 
about now. And without those adequate funds, like my industrial sales repping job is gone. I'm not doing that anymore. So now this is really going to be, was planning to be the only source of income. So not having those six months of backing, you know, could have been in a really bad situation. But thankfully we built those up. I've got my broker's license. We're going to go out and figure out how to bring in other revenue streams and really hone in on the sales side. But if you didn't have something like that right now in a coronavirus situation, you could really be up a creek without a paddle. Oh yeah, seriously. Right now, everyone who talked about having reserves and had reserves are looking like absolute geniuses right now. Before I go into the question, there's one thing I was thinking about, this is kind of me coming up with weird ideas. I was looking out my window and I saw it in my neighbor's office and how obviously everyone's working from home right now and uh, the office is set up for one person. There's two people in there. It just kind of looked really awkward and uncomfortable. And so I was wondering if anyone out there, any short-term rental people, um, if it's even like allowed, could rent out their house or rooms in their house as makeshift offices for people. So they're not stuck at home. They have to be on phone calls all day. They're not like hiding out in the bathroom with the water running so they can't hear the kids screaming in the background. So just an idea. I'm not sure exactly how that would work or if it's even legal based off of the self-quarantining and stay-at-home orders and whatnot. But just an idea that someone could possibly run with and give me credit for. (laughs) (laughs) That's the stuff like you've got to be creative in a market like this. When you have volatility, you have uncertainty, you've got to go out of your way to make it happen. And the great part about doing real estate is it's all about solving problems and helping people. It's all about the people here. And that is going to carry past this minor dip in the craziness because it's going to get hard and it's all about solving those problems and coming out the other side and helping other people do it. Like I'm a huge proponent of helping other people get into real estate, but they've got to understand that the reason we're so conservative on our numbers, the reason that we're all about making emergency funds important is for situations like this. And sure, this one's a lot worse than anything that we ever expected, but that's why we're so conservative with our numbers. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, Joe, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? And I think based off of our conversation, I already know the answer to this, but uh, if you want to repeat it again, you can, or you can come up with something else. Yeah, have adequate cash reserves, but I'd also say that probably the best advice is consistency, in my opinion, is being consistent, go out and meet as many people as you can. Your reputation will always precede you in this business and tell everyone you know what you're doing. It's all about being consistent. And that includes being consistent with your emergency funds. Make sure you have them. All right, Joe, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do this. Okay, first, a quick word from our sponsor. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular, want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. Alrighty, Joe, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Mm, Ego is the Enemy, I'd say, by Ryan Holiday. 
great book. Yeah, I actually read that one about a year, a year and a half ago. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I would start a podcast in a niche type sales. Besides your first deal and your last deal, what is the best ever deal you've done? First deal and the last deal, best ever deal. Okay, so the best ever deal I did was an off-market single-family home in Fayetteville. It was a four-bedroom, two-bath home down the street from one of the properties I owned. I cold-called the owner out of the blue. She told me she'd been wanting to sell it and couldn't sell it. And two weeks later, we had a great property under contract and closed. Ended up paying $61,000 for it. She was tickled pink, happy as can be to sell it, and it appraised for $97,000. What is the best ever way you like to give back? Really big on teaching other people how to do this. We host a meetup here in Wilmington, which is right outside of Carolina Beach. And since we started, my wife and I doing the house hack, two more of our really great friends have moved on to Carolina Beach doing the same thing. Hopefully they have good adequate cash reserves right now. But uh, also we love giving back to our local church and volunteering. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? Best place to reach me is through email at joe.prilliman, that's P-R-I-L-L-A-M-A-N, at anchoredinvesting.com, or find me on Bigger Pockets. All right, Joe, I really appreciate you coming on the show today to talk to us about your response to the coronavirus. I think this is going to be obviously very topical right now, but I think what you're doing is something that can be applied to or should be applied to everyone's real estate investing business from now until whenever real estate investing, if it ever goes away, goes away. And that is to have adequate adequate cash reserves. And you talk about how for your short-term Airbnb type rentals, the goal is to have six months of bills covered. And then for your longer term, you want to have $20,000 for every five doors. So $4,000 per door. And you talked about how you create this emergency fund, which is to take the income from all of your properties. And rather than reinvesting that back into the properties or paying yourself, take a large portion of that and apply it to this emergency fund until you've reached your six months or $20,000 per door. And then you mentioned that you are living off of your W-2 income. And once you hit that number, you left that job. You also mentioned that because you are doing the short-term rentals Airbnb in Carolina Beach just yesterday, and we're so that'd be March 24th, 2020, they basically banished anything that has a lease of under 90 days. So obviously that affects your short-term rentals. So you talked about how the first thought that you had was to get longer-term tenants, but since we are entering the most profitable months for Airbnbs now through October you decided that that's probably not the best approach because if it does go away in the next few months, then you're going to be losing out on all that summer money. So the next thing you did was try to figure out how to generate revenue from these units. You called hospitals to see if you use the rentals as quarantine units. You are marketing them as a self-quarantine for people to generate income. And then you also explored using the units as staging units or for family photos. And then you also mentioned on the other end, the expense end, you went through all of your processes and systems to see where money is going out and see what you can get rid of. And one example you gave was canceling all of your subscriptions. And then you gave your best ever advice, which was one, to be consistent, meet as many people as you can, tell everyone you know what you are doing, and then be consistent with your cash reserves, which was your other best ever advice for this COVID response, as well as just 
general real estate investing fundamentals. So again, really appreciate you coming on today and talking about your journey. And since you've got those reserves, I know it's going to work out for you. Others out there, hopefully you've got those cash reserves as well. Stay safe, have a best ever day, and we will talk to you tomorrow.